And now the boys on the hill, Slim Marshall, 5,000 watts, Thomas Black, and your boy, Ralph Jeezy. What it do, fellas? Yo, what's up, fellas? What's up, the baseball gods allowed mm-hmm. us to be together once again. Yes, yeah. Yes, sir. We got a good show in store for y'all tonight, our third episode. We're getting really good feedback from our viewers and our listeners. They're really following our show. They like what we do. Always appreciate the kind words and messages. We're going to keep this thing rolling, boys. How y'all yeah, doing, so- man? How's everything going? Going good, going good. All right, man, it's cool. Need this weather to go on here, get springish. Yeah, man, don't hold your breath, man. It's gonna snow next week for us. I already know it. I already know it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's 80 today, man, it's gonna be fought in about two days and some rain, right? Mm-hmm. The weather where I'm at is by 80 degrees, so I'm happy right now. Oh, wow, I'm jealous. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, good weather means baseball season is heating up and this yep. past weekend we had a really good slate of games some mixed results along the way <laughs> <laughs> some teams took it on the chin some conferences really took it <laughs> took it on more than just the chin homie yeah okay, that much yeah some got yeah. that steel steel toe boot to them but you know all went baseball Around these waters we call it day. <laughs> got sweat yeah several teams <laughs> Yeah. That. yeah, man. So we're gonna we're gonna start it off talking about the HBCU baseball classic that featured FAMU and Grambling State, who are now in the same conference this year. That classic was played over the weekend in Gwinnett, Georgia. It's actually called the Ralph Gar Bill Lucas HBCU baseball classic. Um, Ralph Gar um, was a Florida A and M. Uh, me. He was a Grambling alum. Mm-hmm. He's in the Atlanta Braves Hall of Fame. Longtime Atlanta Braves player, longtime Atlanta Braves coach um, for several decades. Longtime scout, too. And um, Bill Lucas, FAMU alum, also an Atlanta Braves Hall of Famer. A tidbit on him was he was the first African American general manager in Major League Baseball history. Um, man. He spent more than 20 years in the Braves organization, uh, moving from Milwaukee to Atlanta. Um, so yeah, like this, this, this um, classic had a lot of historical significance behind it because of the men who was named after of. We're gonna talk mm-hmm. about the action on the field, and Florida A&M took the two-game series from Grambling in our own 5,000 watts. Was yeah. watching and so yeah. watch man what did you see reporting lies yeah reporting lies that yeah yeah i i had the opportunity to go to the first game of the series uh it was, uh game time was at 7 p.m uh it was a great atmosphere great facility very nice facility cool ray field hopefully they bring another uh classic there but uh a uh, uh, fam you won the series 3-0 um they out hit Grambling, of course, uh, 29 with uh, Grambling only allowing 10 runs. Uh, I think the highlight was the pitching staff for FAMU right now. They started, they started, gave them good quality innings. All of them went over uh, five innings. 
Wow. Uh, you had DJ Watkinson uh, that allowed five hits with nine strikeouts. You had Kaleem, uh Fox that had allowed eight hits with only three strikeouts. And then you had Hunter Vias that uh, allowed four hits with only uh, with uh, six strikeouts. But I think uh, the standout player was their first baseman, uh, Grant Ro- uh, Rowell. He actually hit about 636 for the whole series. With uh, again wow. six hits with eleven to bat, see he he was on fire. Uh, I say, fam, you squad looks legit. You know, uh, they was able to hold off Gramlin's high five power offense. I, I think that was the, the biggest thing. Uh, our buddy, the catcher at uh, at, at Gramlin, man, uh, he kind of reminded me of Pud. Uh, I had the opportunity to sit back down and just watch him sit behind him, man. The man, like Garcia, yeah, Garcia yeah. got the quick yeah. feet, man. And he got a he got a hose, man. He's in there. He was throwing on knees, man. He, he, he ain't even care. Uh, I think he uh, committed two errors. He was trying to be aggressive and throw a uh, run out in second, and, uh, and allowed the uh, of course let the run come in. But uh, they had a bunch of errors. Uh, Gremlin did, but uh, FAMU overall looked like a very solid, tough squad coming out the gate early. Uh, I think they probably is the hottest team right now in the SWAC uh, based off the first two weeks of the season. But uh, it, it was a very good, very good series. Uh, great, great spokes for HBCU baseball. Um, I saw some camera people out there. I saw they may have been recording game. I was trying to see if we can get that feed uh, as well. But um, I think it was just only for uh, for the Braves organization or something. But, uh, but, but yeah. You got was, some shots and you got some videos, though. We're going to be yeah, posting up after the yeah, show. Yeah, some yeah. Experience. Yeah, very, very good. Very good feel. <laughs> Then the back in the background of the ballpark, they got some kind con- of condominiums and everything. I'm saying like, man, this is a dope part to play at, man. It, it, it's really, really nice. I know that uh, they laid out the red carpet for these young men. It's real good. So watch, man. Based on what you saw this weekend, man, what fam you looking at? They're gonna be a contender this year in the in the swag. Uh, I say, uh, well, you know, every team during the season hits a rough patch. Uh, so, uh, I, I think they may, in the middle of the season, they may hit a rough patch, but get stronger towards the end of the season. So, uh, I, I really think they may be a contender. Uh, going back to, to, uh, opening week when, uh, all the HBCUs went in New Orleans. So, uh, uh, I think coming out the gate, they are looking real, real strong as a new addition to the SWAT. Now, I got a question for you, Watts. Do you think it was more of, FAMU's pitching or Gremlins, you know, lack of, of, of firepower at the plate? Man, I don't say pitching, man, because the Watkins, man, I I was sitting behind the plate, man. This man had a mean slider. I, I say mean. And then he come up and in on – that was his out pitch, man. He went high and in on He was challenging him because nobody catch up with him. I wish they had the radar gun out there so we see what, how, what speed they were throwing and everything. But, man, they – were he he was bringing it man i i think they, he was literally shutting down grandma's bats out the gate he set the tone for the whole series all right mm-hmm. wow hey but we have been getting some good pitching performances here in the swag earlier this mm-hmm. far you mm-hmm. know so that's good that's good yeah well yeah. you know most of the time early in the season you know pitches kind of ahead of batters anyway when the that's season true. starts true you know so you know, the weather gets a little warmer, the bats heat up a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. not as cold standing around. But, you know, normally in the beginning of the season, pitchers normally have an advantage 
or they yeah. come out the gate playing a little yeah. better than hitters, you know, yeah. in the beginning of a season. Yeah. Yeah, it was chilly out there the first game. So, growing the bats may have just been as cold as it was, was out there, man, because they were they was swinging the flies. Especially throwing inside. They didn't want no pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, their hands be mm-hmm. broke yeah. off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he coming, he he throwing at your chin, and then he go come with a slider, man. Come on, what you yeah. want me to do? <laughs> what you want me to do? Like, yeah, but uh, he he was definitely bringing, man. Yeah, fam, you was uh, five and three. They lead the Swipe East, two and a half games ahead of Jackson State. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were not the only uh, Black College baseball team to, to have a series this weekend. There were an assortment of games this weekend, um, some within conference, a lot of them out of conference. As I said at the top of the show, a lot of mixed results. You see on the screen right there, uh, a lot of uh, SWAT schools in particular did not fare very well with the exception <laughs> of Alabama State home. and FAMU. Mm-hmm. Um, so, boys, um, looking at this right here, man, like it, it, it didn't, it wasn't a very good weekend for. But for maybe a few schools, like, what is your assessment of this? A lot of long road, the road trip home. Yeah, yeah, a lot of road trips. Yeah, someone might have to get off the bus and hit the line for running after those. Yeah, but it's you got to think about it. It's just the second weekend of the year. Mm -hmm. Still, still trying to find some teams. Still probably trying to find what guys are going going to play. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's a combination of – I don't think it's a talent thing. Yeah. I don't think it's talent at all. I think it's just more so of it being a situation where coaches are still trying to find the right combination of guys. Yeah. Because you, you don't know yeah. how certain people are going to act in certain situations. Like, especially when we get into the season, you might have a freshman coming in. He might mm-hmm. have been the man where he was at. You know, mm-hmm. somebody throwing that heat high inside slider, he might not be ready for, you know. Yeah. Right. Who knows? But yeah. it's going to take a minute. You know, you got to figure out who the dogs. You got to figure yeah. out who's going to fight against adversity, you know. Yeah, them, them, them practice all-stars, man. That's what we call them, man. <laughs> <laughs> practice all Yeah, man. Like, I'm, like, we all played and some of us coached at the college level. So, like, how mm-hmm. long does it take for, like, squads to kind of get – acclimated to the season and get going and try to reverse some of these results we've been seeing the first couple of weeks of the season? Uh, I give them about four weeks. By that time, you got a good assessment of your team and you know what, what, what arms you have in the bullpen, you know what plays go be aggressive at the plate. You know, if you got to play small ball, starting out to warm up the bats. You, I mean, um, it, I think you give them a good week. I think everybody will start rolling. <clears throat> You know, yeah, I say by the start of conference play, you, yeah, you should have yeah, an idea. right, yeah. Mm-hmm. You should have an idea of what your rotation is gonna be, your mm-hmm. bullpen guys, your closers, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> especially with your your lineup. What guys mm-hmm. are gonna be able to go in in certain situations, especially mm-hmm. if you have some two way guys. Yeah, like how you gonna utilize them late game situations if, if he's a reliever or a starter. You know, it mm-hmm. by the conference play, you should have an idea of 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 who your Jimmys and Joes are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the first few weeks are going to be more like experimentation with your rotation, yeah. with your bullpen, and with your lineup, see how guys fit in, uh, see how they can contribute to the team. When you get in the conference season, 
I would suppose, like, you, that's when you're going to have your set lineups, the set rotation. You're going to find out who your number one, number two guys are in the rotation. You're going to find out who, who your middle relievers are and who your closers are. So these first couple of weeks, it, it might be a little ugly, but teams are just, just trying to figure stuff out right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, for me, as, as, as a player, you know, as batters, you know, when you look at these box scores, you know, when I go through the box, store, box scores, I look at, you know, how the pitcher was pitching then versus mm-hmm. do you see any walks? Are, are they seeing mm-hmm. pitches? You know, early mm-hmm. in the season, you know, you got a lot of hype around your, around your team. You know, a lot of teams might be over aggressive trying to prove that they are what they are on paper, you know, mm-hmm. instead of just, you know, letting the game come to them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't see a lot of walks, you know, throughout all these games. So I just think, you know, a, a lot of players need to, you know, Get see some pitches, get get used to the game, especially freshmen or JUCO transfers. I don't yeah. care who you are, where you come from. JUCO is different from D one. You know, it's a different ball game. Uh, so you know, hopefully we see some improvement throughout the throughout some of these um these conferences because these out of conference games, man. You know. You know, that's your measuring stick, you know, no matter how, how much you get beat or how bad you get beat, still a measuring stick. You got to take it for what it's worth. Just be ready for the conference games. Yeah. Yeah, one team that had a, a really good weekend was Coppin State. Mm-hmm. They actually set an NCAA record for triples with, in a game with six. Mm-hmm. So yep. they they play a lot of small ball. They was able to to, to have a, a a decent weekend, and that says a lot of, about their ball club. But they were able to, to fight like that and 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 play, and play good fundamental baseball over the weekend. Not only do that, but like really make an imprint on the game by hitting a bunch of triples. That shows mm. how team speed. That shows a lot of good hitting too. Mm-hmm. To be able to right. you know, hit gaps, hit balls down the line put pressure on, on the defense, especially in the outfield, to, to make good throws back to the infield. Because, you know, when we play, like, it was always emphasized, hit the ball, make the defense, make a play. So if they got yeah. six triples in the game, that means they put a lot of pressure on the opposing defense. No, yeah. the outfield taking bad angles. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's what that is. I want to have the backs we've seen running to the outfield. That's bad angles. That's not necessarily true. It's, it may be part of it, but you know, you got to give credit to the battle. Get yeah, a triple. All right. it, I mean, it's harder to hit a triple than a home run. Are these like little league triples or just like regular triples? Well, I didn't get to see the game live, so right, there's no way I could take. We gonna trust the official score on these. So right, right. So yeah, uh-huh. man, and. and uh, uh-huh. Our very own uh, Thomas <laughs> Black, he uh, made a bold prediction last week mm-hmm. that Alabama State would take its series against UT Martin, and the Swami himself, yep. our no, FanDuel King, was right. <laughs> he, 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 he was right. He mm-hmm. was right. We're going to let Thomas, like, gloat for a minute here. Yeah. Uh, I want to say, man, feel no, free. No, yeah. it's, it's not a gloat thing, man. It's, 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 a, it's, you know, it's like, it's almost like like playing fantasy football. You look at the matchups and, and the types of teams. Traditionally, you know, UT Martin, you know, that, you know, they, they are okay. But I think 
Alabama State is an above-average team, and mm-hmm. I believe that they got the pitching staff to go in and be able to go head up with anybody as long as they got their dogs pitching. So I, I believe in, in in Alabama State as a as a team to play outside of conference games pretty tough. Just like um, I mean, we thought a lot of teams was, but there's one team that I think is going to be a sleeper this year. I've always said that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Alabama State is a team to watch, you know. Yeah. Um, like I said, and and especially UT Martin. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm from around the area, you know. Mm-hmm. UT Martin, you know, they they okay, but they haven't really just you know beat the pants off a lot of people. If they gotcha. want to use that mm-hmm. that analysis, so mm-hmm. you know, the close game. I, I I was always believing Alabama State to to be able to be more athletic as a team mm-hmm. to you know steal bases, get extra base hits, mm-hmm. you know things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, it was it was a it was a it was a guess, educated guess, as I want to mm-hmm. call it, an educated guess. Gotcha. gotcha. I'm just glad they came through for me. So Ralph passed me along a, a score involving Alabama State a little while ago. They played Sanford. So Ralph, how did they do? Mm. <sighs> Two weekends in a row. Oh. Alabama is they this five. This this mm. five runs. Two weeks in a row. They're up five one in the ninth. Oh. And they lose oh. six five. To Sanford again this week. Oh wow, that's scripted. Yes, <laughs> five one in the night. Mm. A hit, a, a error, another hit, and it just mm. ballooned. And yeah, and I mean, mm. you had um, a home run by Cedric King, Angel Jimenez, and the crazy part is King hit his home run in the top of the night to extend the lead. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah. Ain't gonna do no much. That's tough skin. Like you said, Thomas Brown. Uh, uh, there's, there's nothing but probably go wake up the beast. Alabama State go probably look back at these losses and these close losses, and you know later in the season they they try on. You know they go be on the other end of that win column. So, yeah, know. despite that though, like blowing like a couple multi-run leads late in the game against a non-conference opponent can give you confidence to know that mm-hmm. hey, like you, you can hang with these boys. Like exactly. we can put it on them. Mm-hmm. We just gotta find out in the late innings who, who our team can rely on to get those last outs of, of the game to mm-hmm. seal these wins. But like to be up multi-runs on a non-conference opponent, mm-hmm. it, it, it shows how good of a team they are in the first place to even get in that position. Yeah. So not all is lost for them. That's for sure. Yeah, sure. That's true. Right. That's true. You just gotta find somebody to slam that door. That's all you gotta do. Yeah. All right. Just a quick recap of the scores from yesterday. Mm. Um, Alabama State. Um, they lost thirteen seven yesterday to Auburn. Um, Alabama and them lost a close one to uh, Memphis, but. The game that caught my attention was the Kentucky State Ashbury game. Mm. It was a, a bomb. football score right there. It was oh, it wow. Was, the, the, hey, the bums wow. 
<laughs> yes, the bones were out. Oh, and, wow. and North Carolina AT won a non conference game at home mm-hmm. against UNC Greensboro, and that was the first time they've beaten them since 2018. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's and and the game that I was watching very close yesterday was Grambling and Mississippi State. I, I'm a, I'm an old boy from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I can remember, Mississippi State baseball has always been the premier program in the state of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Nobody can deny that. Before Old Miss ever came along with they build showers in right field, it was Mississippi State baseball in the state of Mississippi. If we just being real about it, yeah. um, Gremlin got it. Right. Gremlin got a, a great pitcher performance yesterday by Ja'Cory um, Boudreau. Mm-hmm. Hit six innings, um, gave up two earned runs. The, once they came out, the bullpen held it, but they couldn't get the bats going. So, mm-hmm. you know, hats off to them for a hard-fought game. You know, as a competitor, you don't want to believe in moral victories. But, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you just have to tip your cap and say, hey, man, we, we you know, we got something to build on. Yeah. And these are the scores from tonight's games um, as we started to record. Mm -hmm. So, um, like I said, um, Mississippi Valley had two tough losses at Arkansas State back-to-back. And Lane College with two tough one-run losses to Christian Brothers in the doubleheader of the day. Oh, Mm -hmm. man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, Maryland Eastern Shores lost the close game to Georgetown. Mm-hmm. So, some, you know, we trying to some good baseball. You know, it's you know the mid- Georgetown. Georgetown been winning a few games in a row lately. They've been winning mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah, you don't really hear too much about Georgetown though. As yeah, far as baseball. Baseball. Right. That's true. I mean, you don't hear about mm-hmm. anything about Georgetown outside of the Hoyas basketball. But I actually, you know, pay attention to Georgetown now. They actually got a. They do pretty good, man. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, coming off the weekend, there were some individual performances that we want to highlight. Uh, some guys at the plate on the mound who availed themselves pretty well. You see on the screen here, our, our, our players of the week. We're going to start with the hitters. Champion Robbins from Savannah State hit 667 with eight hits, scored three runs, and drove in four for the Tigers last weekend. Jordan Hamburg of Coppin State. It's 500. Now, listen to this. Had scored 10 runs and drove in 11. <laughs> over the mm. weekend. He's smashing, man. And he, pitched, and he pitched four scoreless innings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's what we call a, 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 a dual threat baseball player. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. then Grant Rowell, we mentioned him at the top of the show. His performance in the um, HBCU Baseball Classic, his 636, had seven hits. Scored three runs, had four RBIs to lead FAMU to a series win over Gremlin. He actually so, got he actually got swag player of the week. He yeah, did, thought, yeah, swag player oh, of the yeah, week. He yeah, did. yeah, yeah, that's, that's well earned right there. Yeah, then we're gonna go to the uh, the the pitchers. We're gonna start with Breon Pooler for Alabama State. Had a good week, uh, eight innings pitched, ten strikeouts, just two hits and one walk. Can't do anything better than that. Sticking with Savannah State again, Enrico Peel. Pitched five innings, six strikeouts, three hits, one walk in his performance this week. 
uh, North Carolina A&T's Peyton Weinbarger, uh, seven innings, 10 strikeouts, two hits, and four walks. Uh, Prairie View A&M's uh, Matthew Crail, seven innings, seven strikeouts, three hits, and two walks at his start this week. So a, a lot of really good performances on the mound, a lot of dominant performances on the mound mm-hmm. this week from across the black college baseball landscape. Um, which pitchers, guys, and players kind of stood out for you this weekend? Um, I'm going to go out on the limb and say Mr. Pula. Um, yeah. With that performance against UT Martin, um, mm-hmm. he, he got some run support, 13 runs. Um, and I've been following um, Enrico Peel on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he had 20 – his game, was it was 22-0. When he, basically, it was sixteen zero when he came out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so he got he was his conference um, pitch of the week, and three of those guys, um, Pooler, Peel, and Weinbarger, were all their conference pitch of the week. So mm-hmm. great performances to those guys, and also Rowell and Champion were also their conference player of the week. So mm-hmm. good performances, very good. Yes, and some of these guys were were, were not. Kind of heralded coming into the season, like Ike Peel for Savannah State, Weinbarger for North Carolina ANT, and to come up with these performances kind of shows how deep these conferences are and how deep these teams are. To have guys, especially in midweek games against non-conference opponents, mm-hmm. show out like that, it, 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 it kind of proves like the talent pool is, is there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now we're going to transition to a topic we kind of discuss. Uh, at least um, Ralph and I uh, ahead of the show and prep for it, are the 11.7 scholarships and the impact it has on college baseball and black college baseball and, and kind of like why you see things play out the way they play out across the country. Um, Ralph, is a topic you know a whole bunch about. Um, you study this topic extensively. Um, what is your kind of take on on how the scholarship game and black college baseball kind of impacts everything that we're seeing right now and have seen historically? Well, we, you have to first understand that the scholarships weren't always with the 25% of total cost that it is now. That's mm-hmm. that's new legislation that came in a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when we played ball, a guy could get $500 or you could just offer <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. It, yeah. it really wasn't any guideline on saying what a kid could be offered. You know, that's why a lot of times dudes didn't talk about how much money they got because it was started crazy. You know what I'm saying? Some guy like, oh, why you getting it? Yeah, but, why you yeah. Um, Currently, um, before the COVID situation came in, it was 11.7 scholarships for 27 players. You could have 35 players total with – the eight guys receiving a merit type scholarship or some type of academic scholarship where they get no baseball money. Hmm. Um, but with the COVID year coming in, they went back and adjusted that again. Now they're saying, okay, you can have 32 guys and increase the roster by um, from the 35 now giving you five extra guys to 40. So now hmm. they're saying you can sign those 32 guys with these 11.75 scholarships. But now here's the kicker: the 25 percent that they had had to give now can be renegotiated. 
Hmm. So right now with the scholarships, you know, like we was um, talk all the time, you're going to have to have a mixture of um, a coach that's going to have to know how to have his academic guys. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to be real smart on how he breaks those scholarships down and identify guys that, you know, for one, you have to look at the economics of the school. How much does it cost to attend this school? Because mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, you're going to have a balance if you don't have some type of academic scholarship or some extra monies to come in outside of the loans. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to basically you trying to figure out how much debt you're trying to come out of school with. You know, if you're not getting, because you're only getting 25% of total cost. So if it's $30,000 to go to school, you're getting a little over $7,000, mm-hmm. you know? So you still have to come up with that balance every semester for four years. So, you know, it's, it, it, it pushes some kids to away from baseball because when I came out of school, I was the first person in my family to be recruited for baseball. Everybody else was either a football player or a basketball player. Right. So I was always under the assumption that, oh, I'm going, you know, I can go to baseball, college and play baseball. Mm-hmm. But when my recruitment started, it was like, yeah, we can offer you tuition. I was like, what you mean tuition? Like everything it was like, nah, the cost of actual tuition. And it was like the tuition is X, Y, Z number of dollars. And I was like, hold up. Junior college told me I got a full scholarship to play baseball. Mm-hmm. So I actually signed originally to go to junior college to play. Mm-hmm. But That's later on, I took. right. I took later on, I made I changed my mind and I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna just go to a four year university." So you know, but like I said, it was the best decision of my life. But yeah, it's we need more scholarships in baseball. There's no reason why you have all Americans in baseball that are sitting around there having to figure out how to pay a balance. Mm-hmm. We need the scholarships. We every if it's 40 guys, think about it. Basketball team with maybe 15 dudes, 15 yeah. girls on the team. Mm-hmm. Full rise. Mm-hmm. You got 35 guys on the baseball team, and you gotta let's think about it. That's like taking sandwiches and you gotta split the sandwiches up among the team to feed them. Yeah. Now also think about this though. Now they done changed the rules about the, you know, the likeness and all of this stuff. People can actually, you know. I try to tell the kids now, you know, if you got an opportunity to start making some money at an earlier age, you know, if, if you got a Twitter following, you know, mm-hmm. start stacking that money up because, you know, if you can make money now, it ain't going to matter where you go to school because you're going to have the money to pay for it. Right. You know, and now that you mentioned that, tell us about the NILs. If, if a school could come up with some type of, you know, partnership where they can get help where they're not supposed to help the kids get the nils but you know mm-hmm. if let's just say somebody got creative you know and like you said the nil may change the game but we hadn't seen that yet in baseball yeah, that's true you know man, nfts is gonna change the game man trust me on that i did see one football player with an nlt mm-hmm. Like I said, man, like like the, the, the formula is there, man. Like, you know, now that they can't really, you know, 
now the thing is, if the school can come up with it, then everybody be happy. But if the player come up with it, school ain't gonna get none of it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Now the thing, the perfect thing about it is, you know, school can have a program, and then the student can have their own program or whatever, you know. And it just however you chop it up, you know. If 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 there's a way to implement a program like that, you know, why not? But I just think it's too new for people. Like, like I I, I read about yeah. you know the the cryptocurrency and all of that. That's gonna change the game, and the sooner programs figure it out or know the people who can get it done for them scholarships won't be a problem if they do it right because all you're looking for is to pay for school to have them have the money to pay for school you know if you know this player can come in can sell 100 nfts or something like that you know however just to on some you know sell it to his old high school buddies or or family members or something that's all an investment in that person that that we helping you get through school you know mm-hmm. when we have, you know buy nft from me versus you know just giving me 50 dollars when i come in for christmas you know yeah yeah but yeah, speaking it's of all like- new it's all mm-hmm. it's all new mm-hmm. and i just think that you know once people get a grasp of it and, and stuff then i think there's other ways of kids to generate money where scholarships really won't matter if they do it right you know they can pick and choose where they want to go play okay i got the money to pay for wherever i want to go this is whatever i want to do to make me happy mm-hmm. but schools like the hbcus can use that to offer kids like hey you know you come to us we got a program set up you gonna have you know blase blah or blase blah blase blah it can be a recruiting tool that if a kid knows that i'm gonna come to this school I'm going to be generating money, potentially cryptocurrency that's going to help me in the future. Why not go here versus this school and say, man, we give you some books. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But we, we, st- we still had to think about it on a broader on a broader scale because, yeah, you can implement those type of situations at, at on the Division One level where they had the resources. But let's say on the Division Two level where they only get nine scholarships. Division Three, they don't get any. And NAIA is like 12. Mm-hmm. So the scholarship <laughs> issue, it ain't. It's not just a Division One issue. It's a baseball issue in general. Mm-hmm. So it's it's about because think about it. I, I can't. I want to say the kid's name is Cam Collier. This kid is lighting it up, and he goes to Chipola. I'm pretty I, sure. I, I, I've seen. I've seen him. Like he's lighting it up. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure if the economics of baseball. Were a little different, he wouldn't be at Chipotle. Mm-hmm. Or because he's such a high draft pick, him going to junior college may make more sense for him. That's yeah. that's why baseball is so different when it mm-hmm. comes to how, how your the route that you take. You know, because let's just say like the kid probably getting drafted, but let's just say hypothetically, it's not a kid, a, he wasn't a draftable kid. And he made the decision, hey, I got to go to junior college because it'll be cheaper for me and my mom and my family for me to get these two years free, you know, and then now let me find somewhere that works for me better. Now I got two years to kind of figure some things out because now I'm more educated in the process, for one. And then, you know, hopefully you learn and make some connections and get into a good situation. 
but the scholarships is not just division one issue it's a baseball issue period mm-hmm. just the lack of scholarships mm-hmm. so like a, so like as players like like how hard it was it like to make that decision like i ain't gonna get a full ride i'm gonna get a certain amount of money like should i go and play junior college ball or should i go to a four-year school like like how do you kind of like make that decision <clears throat> Well, when I signed to go to junior college, I signed to play two sports. So I signed in like February, which was the earliest was football signing period. So I signed in football mm-hmm. um, signing period. Um, I actually was offered 85% total attendance to go to Alcorn by Coach McGowan. I turned mm-hmm. that down to go to Jackson State for tuition. Because I looked at Jackson State being a better situation for me because I had too many partners going to all corn and I wasn't gonna do right. That was a three <laughs> hey, like my whole like my whole high school class went to all corn. Then three of my high school teammates played at all corn that next year. I was like, mm-hmm. nah, mm-hmm. nah. Mm-hmm. So I went to Jackson State. You know, it it just came down to me was like what was gonna be the best the best opportunity for me, you know, overall. And mm-hmm. and my goal was to always play college baseball. So I was like, hey, I got a chance to go play baseball. So this is my dream. And mm-hmm. I deal with that other part of it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, mm-hmm. when I when I, I went to JUCO route first, you know, uh, you know, everybody had dreams. Me coming out of college, I didn't want to be locked down for three years just in case I was good enough to do anything or go anywhere. I wanted to be able to have that option. Well, I might go out here and I might play good. Somebody might want to pick me up. I won't have to go to, to a four-year school. I mean, but um, the school I decided to go to, I, I, I went to Columbia State. So mm-hmm. it was right around the corner. I was able to stay at home. I practically got paid to go play at, at Columbia State. Like, they, get the they gave me full ride. <laughs> <laughs> for real man like like but it, it gave me full ride i got kept the money from the room and board uh shoot my my coach was my work study mm-hmm. you know why i couldn't i couldn't turn that down <laughs> it's like and i get to play baseball in my backyard and we, and we played our high school games on the juco field and it was like one of the best fields in the country like like for real, like we played mm-hmm. on crushed lava rock, bro. Like in infield, like the mule mix and everything that they use at the field, it comes from here, mm-hmm. <laughs> all over the field. It comes from wait here. Wait a minute, wait a minute. How they get crushed lava rocks and hey, put up Tennessee, man? I'm telling you, man. I'm t- no, man. This this the company, man. Southern Athletic Fields, man. This is here. I mean, the the dude that owned the 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 company that's that's my dog mr marbury mm-hmm. i remember the first time i came to jackson state i was on the practice field. i said what in the world are we playing on we practicing on this <laughs> what is this i'm not used to this <laughs> you, you know what no. man? but our, our playing field in juco was like their test dummy so any mm-hmm. kind of new product that they wanted to try out they put on our field mm-hmm. and they said man this is crushed lava rock and bro, it was like you slide on it, you wouldn't get dirty, but it was dirt. Now underneath <laughs> they had the clay and everything, but 
Yeah, it, it was it was stupid, man. And that company has probably got dirt on every field I know in the southwest, southeast, probably half the major league fields. Oh wow. Dude, that's crazy. Shout out to Southern Athletic Fields. They gave they gave Jack State a lot of stuff. They did. Yeah. All fans. You mean? I told Coach, I said, hey, they donate. Come on up. Coach drove the truck all the way up here. It was on Christmas holidays. Hey, man. Through rakes. We came back from Christmas. We had rakes, uh, shovels, everything. Everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, man. When I was coming up, only thing I was blessed with, man, they went 50-50 split on baseball and football. So Morris Brown was like $23,000. So I was like, wow. I, ain't, I ain't gonna do that. But man, I was in your same boat. I was working stay for coach. I ain't really do nothing, man. I ain't go no <laughs> class. I ain't right. do no more party and play ball, man. Until it, until it, I, I, I just it went out like a flame, man. It was either that or go to, <laughs> go to the Army, go to Jack State. I was like, man, I'm, I'm just go to Jack State, man, because I'm not going to the Army. But, uh, but yeah, man, the, shoot, as far as the quality of fields we played on, man, I played in Morris Brown. They would just bring back the program, so they just had a whole bunch of money. So they, right. they man, but the thing is, we were playing on uh, the city of Atlanta fields, man. We played right down in Moses Park. You know how that is when you play on City Field, man. We we had rocks. We had rocks man. out there, man. <laughs> we were playing on we were playing the football field, man. The other end, the kids were practicing with Pop Warner football. What are you talking about, man? We, yeah, it it, it it was a mess, but uh, it was an experience. But when I made the decision, man, I just look at it as a blessing, man. Because at first, I'm gonna be honest with y'all, man. I did not want when I came out of high school, bro. I didn't, didn't want to go to college. Yeah, it was more of a force uh, on, on my parents. They're like, man, you need to do something. I was like, man, I figured it out, and and God figured it out for me. But uh, it, I, I just you think about everybody when they're young and they trying to they like, shoot, I'm gonna scotch you, I'm gonna scotch you, man. I just say I was blessed with the opportunity because my cousin was actually already at Morris Brown. And all he was doing was just tell a coach about me, and then I just, just fell in the net, fell, fell got caught. With a blessing on being getting the baseball and football opportunity, and shoot, football was cool, but I ain't even played. I, I, I the moment the season started, I told coach, "You finna redshirt me, man. I'm just focus on baseball then." Cause I, I mean, at that point, when I'm going out there to look at film and stuff, nah, that's all right. I don't want to help out with practice. I might well go somewhere. I might well get ready for baseball season. You know, right? But they ain't take my scholarship though. So yeah, I mean, it was all it was all love. I love Morris Brown. It made me the man I am today. Right, you know, yeah. <laughs> with your chest. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's why I was super happy when Jeff State and Morris Brown made their partnership. I was happy about that because I got a yeah, lot of friends. Dope. Yeah, I got a lot of friends that went to Morris Brown and they come out of their degrees and they couldn't do nothing with them, man. So uh it was some bad or worse times in Morris Brown, but at the same time, it was a blessing. Yeah, man. Like, like another kind of. Quasi inequity we see in college this for black college baseball is like the lack of a third assistant. Now, other sports, they have multiple assistants, you get paid a lot of money. But for baseball, for whatever reason, that third assistant don't get anything. And that third assistant is normally like a grad assistant or or like a volunteer coach. And so 
it, it kind of hurts like the development of players when you got like a coach on the staff who, who maybe a little green or who went in the game very long or who someone who ain't getting paid a lot. And so they don't want to stick around very long. Yeah. So how does that boys like, in, like impact the game and impact development of players? Not, not, not having that reliable third assistant around. You stretch thin. Think about you got the head coach, two assistants, and you got 35 guys. That's, that's 12 guys with one coach. You, you can't watch everything. You can't give the players that individual attention that they need. You know, like for instance, when we do our, the individual phases and in fall practice, most times you got to have a group of four guys mm-hmm. and you're working for an hour. So somebody's not getting attention at some point. Mm-hmm. But if you had more coaches, well, you know, I can say, okay, my catches are going to be out here. Now mm-hmm. you can say, okay, I got two catches out here. Now it's two catches with the catch with the, um, with their position coach. Mm-hmm. Well, you have two outfielders now with the outfield coach, the infield coach, and he has two men infielders, shortstop, second baseman, whatever combination, to where now they can get that more focused attention to work on the little things, mm-hmm. you know. But we, we need the more coaches. You, it's Because sometimes it'll end up being two guys working together while, co- while coach working with, um, you know, a coach may be working with another guy. Or it may be a situation where, like you say, you got a student assistant who's still in school who just finished playing with these guys, so his maturity level might not be where it needs to be to to really focus. And he might not really understand what he's looking at from a coaching standpoint to make an adjustment or help develop a guy. So it's just the quality of the coaching if you have to have a student assistant, you know? And then the other part of it, the volunteer assistant – if you're not in some of those major programs, you know, where they can have a former major league come back or, you know, be a volunteer assistant like Matt Holiday is at Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. They don't have to pay him nothing. He's just chilling. Mm-hmm. You know, go to practice, don't be bored. They also, got Robert, they, they, they also got Robert Ventura as a coach, too, at Oklahoma State, former big league manager. Right. So, uh-huh. Yeah, so that third paid assistant would really do a lot to help develop the the players. And I think the team, you we already getting a, some really good baseball. A third assistant, I think, would only just step the quality of baseball up, you know, f- across the board. Yeah, yeah I totally agree. I, I honestly think um, baseball, it needs to start being looked at as you look at football where you had those standard position coaches and uh, and everything. I mean, because to be honest, I mean, it's only going to improve play development and improve the program, you know. And if you can lock in and you can have these groups, because at the same time, you're trying to hold your team account- accountable when you only got two or three coaches, you know, and and, and everybody can't, can't watch, you know, like you said, with the individual time and things like that. Our players won't get that 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 time with the coach to help develop and it's go show in the game. So, uh, like you said, an additional coach. If it's standardized to a point where okay, we're saying baseball now you can have three paid coaches, and you know, or we we can line something up where you can bring in that fourth. You know, uh, have a volunteer assistant like a former major league baseball player or, or, or somebody to help 
mentor the, the guys uh, mentally and prepare them for the game. Um, it would really be be huge, you know, just like some of this, uh, the low funding for the scholarship is just low funding for the programs all around. Yeah, I mean, like Mississippi State, for an example, they won a championship last year. They only have three coaches listed on their staff. Uh, hmm. One head coach, Chris uh, Chris Lemons, and then two assistants. Hmm. And that's the team that won a national championship last year. Right. Oh, wow. So that goes to show you, like, it, it's kind of an imbalance to have three coaches, despite their success, hmm. having to deal with 30, 40 guys hmm. during the season. Right. But also, also, though, even though there's situations where you got teams with only two coaches, the players have to take it upon themselves too to want to make sure they get their work in, knowing that we short staff. You got to be disciplined in yourself to get your work in. You know, at this at this stage of the game, you know you don't need nobody holding your hand. You know you should know how to play the game. You know, but at the same time, you know that's all about maturity level. You got you got to have players that's, that's willing to, especially in the swag. You know, you got to have players willing to hold each other accountable. You got to learn how to work together. You got to learn how to know that you can go out here and, and work on your swing and you got your and trust your homeboy to see that if anything is wrong with it, you know, in those situations. You got to want to be better. You got to go extra hard. Sometimes you got to be by yourself in that sense. You know, some people rely on coaches. I never did, you know, as far as make sure I got my work in. Because, you know, now, if there's something I need work on or something I just feel like ain't right, I'll go to coach, talk to him, you know, do you see anything when I'm playing? Sometimes my dad used to videotape me, you know, coming up, those things right there. You know, we got all these phones and these electronics, you know, kids got to gotta take advantage of what you have. You know, don't 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 hesitate to go out on YouTube and look at, some of the best hitters in the game and see how how they go by practicing and how they go by doing things you know you got to go to the extra mile to want to be a great player you know you can't you can't you can't sit your shortfalls on because man we had we had number two coaches man you know that's why we lost we had number two coaches no you can't you know but it would be better for the program to have more coaches and more eyes on players and the player development. But as a player, you gotta yeah. wanna be better. You gotta wanna be great yourself. You gotta wanna go out and do your research. You gotta wanna videotape yourself. You gotta wanna do better. You know, don't don't always put it on the coach to find your problems. You but gotta rely on your teammates. But you it gotta, you know it, it still come back though, Thomas, whether yeah the player can wanna have that mindset, but somebody has to show him what to look for. That's what I said. Like, you know, yeah. like say, say, say me and you going doing some soft tossing. I trust you to know to tell me. But you know, yeah, I'm saying, but yeah, it still takes a level of coaching for us to even get to the point to where we even had a, the skill to identify what we even looking at and how to adjust. So yeah, you can just be a player and have that mindset, but you still need that coaching. Yeah. You know what and I'm saying? With the game being like more analytical incorporate more video into it like that helps too like a player is not gonna 
do that. More times than not, they're not gonna measure themselves in that way. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, and so like, no, but, uh, but I'm still can, saying, help. in order for you to get to that point to where you would, you even knew what to look for to make an adjustment. Somebody had to show you that you didn't just figure it. You didn't just say, "Oh, I know this." A coach taught you that. No, I actually, was listening to my daddy lecture me for about two hours in the room if I went over three with two strikeouts. Goddamn, that's what that was. I had to figure out something. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I learned hey, early, to the third coach is a higher hole. I never had that issue. My dad never said nothing to me about no sport. I never had the mm -hmm. conversation in my life. Man, man, don't let me make an error never. in the field. It's over. Never. <laughs> <laughs> I might make an excuse. I got some homework or something, so you can leave me alone. No. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, my high school man, like when I played ball, like we made an error, or somebody on the team made an error, it was recorded. Then after the game, we go in the locker room, had this like really tiny locker room, almost bigger in the broom closet. Whoever the senior was, would turn the lights out. Oh, y'all had the lights out on it? Mm -hmm. And kick the crap out of him. Oh, make it Make sure it never happened again. That's the nineties right there. Yeah. <laughs> and the coach allowed it too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. As long as, as long as we don't kill him, it's okay. Yeah. Coach, coach go, go in the locker room like he get ready to try to wash uniforms or something. He act like he don't hit nothing. <laughs> right. You're right. Okay, man. I just want, I just, like I said, I just try to tell all the young players, man, you know, use the technology, use what you got, you know, yeah. try to, try to see some things, you know, try to learn the game, you know, learning the game is hard, is, is part of it, you know, baseball is baseball, everything, baseball been baseball for a hundred years, you know. Yeah, all right. baseball never going to change, so we going to round out the show tonight as we kind of do every week. With a, with a blast from the past, uh, a bedtime story, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, so we know y'all got one. So, Jackson State and All Corner playing this weekend. So, I think it's only fitting I tell you a story about former All Corn baseball coach, Coach Willie Rat McGowan. Oh, no, Rat. Oh, throwback. <laughs> yeah. Let's describe uh, Rat for the people who don't know him at home. Coach McGowan was old school as old school could be. Um, wasn't a big man in stature, but his presence was very, his presence, you know, he lit up a room whenever he popped up. Um, we would go to Alcorn to play them, and before they built the stadium, we would have to drive around and park up on the hill and uh, walk down the hill to get to the field. Coach McGowan had like a green Toyota truck, and he would drive that bad boy down right behind the base, the dugout, and he had that pipe in his mouth, and he would be smoking that pipe. He would have his <laughs> uniform on with some sweatpants. Like the swishy swish nylon. Right, joint. right, right. And that would be the uniform he would wear in the dugout. And he would smoke his pipe in the dugout. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
he he made the umpire call come to him. He would call time out. MC, come here. <laughs> MC, yeah, that's the MC. MC. <laughs> so, and if he knew your name, oh, he was gonna wear your name out if you was an official. You know what I'm saying? And he was gonna stall. He had his tactics, and he was gonna smoke that pipe like he was Jim Leland smoking a, a cigarette and doggone in Pittsburgh so well. <laughs> but um, I remember we started recruiting me. You know, coach, coach was gonna say what was on his mind. He didn't care who it was. He was gonna say what was on his mind. And he he called, and you know, he asked to speak to my grandma. Talked to my grandma for a minute on the phone. Then my grandma gave me the phone, and he said, "Cause uh, you know, like my high school baseball coaches played at Alcorn, and three of my high school teammates were going down there." And he said, "Look, man, what you gonna do? <laughs> Hello, man, what you gonna do?" I sent you the paper, man. You gonna sign the paper or what? Coach, I don't know, man. I, I got offered by Jackson State. Man, you don't wanna go up there. You wanna come down here and be with the rat pack, don't you? <laughs> if you play for you play baseball at Alcorn back in the day, they call you the rat pack. Mm-hmm. And bro, I just knew that wasn't that wasn't gonna be the vibe for me. I had a lot of respect for Coach McGowan. I love him to death. Every time I saw him after I was done playing, he would always say, "Oh, you know, he, you know, some something extremely explicit. You should have brought your down here, boy." <laughs> you know, it was all love, a lot of respect for him, man. He always had some good teams. They played hard for him. They loved him, man. He took care of them boys down there. My mm-hmm. homeboys talk very highly about Coach McGowan, man. How he took care of them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying it. He got sick, you know, and passed couple years ago man sad to hear that but i'm glad i had a chance to you know had an opportunity to you know cross paths with him mm-hmm. you know it was a great experience in my life man i'm just grateful for it mm-hmm. wow. Thomas right. Brian, you, you know you got a hotel story somewhere oh man <laughs> hotel story <laughs> <laughs> no um my okay, I'll tell you what. My my first experience, like I said, let's go back to, to when we um when I first got down there and and walked on the field. And like you said, the that field was just y'all practice field at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh it was fall ball. We was going out there working out, man. I'm telling you, it was rocks everything outside of that that field but it was the field was in perfect position as you come into the school you know people don't know that when you first come into jackson state there used to be a baseball field right there before you saw the jackson state sign Mm -hmm. you know when you come down lynn street that's the first thing you saw baseball field then you turn into the school Mm -hmm. not an engineering building sitting on huh the engineering building sitting on yeah right 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 Mm -hmm. so so when I first got there, you know, first couple of practices, you know, I was just like, man, you know, we ain't really water the field, you know, we ain't really do too much, you know. I was like, this ain't it. <laughs> this ain't, I said, I'm gonna lose my teeth before we even start the season out here, man. <laughs> so uh, I I went to the room one it was after I did individual. I went to the room. I called Bill Marbert. I was like. 
I was like, you know what type of field we played on, man. I was like, you know, uh, if it's anything y'all getting ready to throw away as far as any type of utilities, any type of field equipment, anything, anything, anything you got that y'all going to throw away, please, hey, shoot it down here. I appreciate it a million. Like I said, you know, I want, you know, I'm, you know, we used to doing this type of stuff. So he was like, all right, I got you. So I come home for Christmas. He was like, call your coach. You know, tell him I got some for him. Call Coach Johnson. I was like, Coach Johnson, Mr. Marvin said he gonna he gonna donate some some stuff to the field. Coach Johnson came up, you know, Coach Johnson, uh, you know, uh my coach and him was was roommates. So he came up, stayed a couple of days, he brought the truck over. He just started telling his boys, hey, start throwing some shovels in there and, and throw some rakes in there. You know, Coach Johnson looked at me. He, like, kept on piling stuff in there. <laughs> Threw some mule mix in there, everything. We had everything we can possibly need to fix the field. And then we came back after Christmas. And me and Coach, we already had everything assigned and everything. We started working on the field, getting it together. And I think within that one year, we turned that field around to actually play on that field. Mm-hmm. In one year. We did. Yeah, yeah, we played at University Park. I seen you, right? And then we played at Smith Wheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know that that was like one of the first things that that I I was proud to be able to bring to the school, even though it was before we even played a game. You mm-hmm. know, that was that was my connection. That like you know I was glad to be able to give that to us, where we could actually start feeling like we was taking care of our field because like you know before then we didn't work on no field after practice no nah, we did it no nah. and then from that point on we worked on the field um we started watering the field we raked the field then you know in between games when we were playing you know we we had the field ready to go just like a brand new park every you know ever since that time so that was that was pretty cool for me to be able to turn our practice field into our playing field within one year so mm-hmm. that's my story time. All right. I got one. Just for the spirit of Mardi Gras. For the spirit of Mardi Gras. Oh, oh no. <laughs> no, no, no. For the spirit of Mardi Gras, I, I got to tell this story. I, yeah, I got to tell this story. Oh, so this is was that the all... one I think you're going to talk about? Yes, brother, it is. Oh. This was the whole team. We went down, man. We told we told Coach. We were like, Coach Johnson, man, we finna go down to New Orleans. <laughs> coach like, all right, y'all got, y'all got practice. <laughs> y'all lost? <laughs> but y'all got practice in this. Y'all, y'all got oh, practice in this. Was it Sunday? Yeah, you got practice Sunday. We're like, all right, cool. It's spring break. All right, so oh, we all man. get down. Everybody piled up in an awesome mode. We took the Diamante. I forgot what put had put had his truck had the F one fifty. We all go down to New Orleans and had the time of our lives. We man, man we went down. Uh, I think we stayed at the Jerry Inn. Man, we was right, right, right up the street from our uh, bourbon. We we didn't go to sleep. We we used our room to crash. We you you took the uh, two hour power nap and then you got up and you went back out there. So uh, I think we was all just sleep deprived. I know I was, but. Of course, I'm the one driving, so we headed back. You know, it is <laughs> Sunday. I think practice started like at one o'clock. We get up by eight, man. We headed out, man. 
this is when GPS wasn't out. Right. And uh, I don't think y'all, if you ever left New Orleans, this is very easily can happen to you too, so don't judge. But um, <laughs> so we driving. And, and so, I, of course, I'm the leader of the pack, man. I, I'm sleeping. Uh, you know, I, I'm grabbing Red Bulls trying to drive. So we driving. We driving about an hour. We driving about two hours. We go across a long bridge. Kenji in the back seat, uh, in the back seat, just getting sick. You know, Kenji and Warden bridges just don't miss. So uh, we driving, and next thing I know, we ain't seen no welcome to Mississippi sign. So we like, come on, what's going on? <laughs> By this time, it's getting about eleven thirty, and we rolling up in the what? Baton Rouge. Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> I said, man, we in Baton Rouge, man. Man, you talking about some boys were flying. I think we probably made it. We made it to practice <laughs> by 1.30. It was a gang over. It was about 10 over. It was Wacko, too. Wacko, we almost left Wacko down there. Man. Yeah, we almost man. left Wacko down there. Wacko <laughs> act like he ain't never been nowhere. We almost man. left him there. Uh, but, uh, but man, we showed up by one thirty. Coach looked at us. Man, it was a practice field when we drove by. Yes, we honked the horn. Yeah, one time did. I don't go. You did it, girl. But one time, bro, man, we hey, something was like, nah, bro, don't do that. <laughs> I don't know what made me not go, but that's the only thing <laughs> I didn't do yep. all the yep. time when we was in school. Yep, one you didn't go. Man, we, we get out there, man. Coach Johnson make us run poles for days, man. I, I, don't, I don't think I he didn't get a chance to put our cleats on, man. He's like, y'all, hey. <laughs> man. Last one, yeah. The Alabama State Q lock in party. <laughs> mm. Yeah, we creeped out on that night. Came back, with, came back with a handwritten note. You miss curfew. Man, here's a story in the vein of Watts, also mm-hmm. happened in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I tell this one. Are we gonna get in trouble for this? Is who gonna uh, be shut down for this story? Oh, I'm gonna tell. I mean, we might be all right. We, all right, man. So, look how long we've been out of school, man. Come on now. <laughs> Never know, man. We ain't throwing balls at nobody. They watch it, man. So, <laughs> so, we, so, so we had a scheduled game in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and so we drive down there. The game gets rained out, man. Right? We, so we drove the part. It yeah. rained the entire ride down. I, it was it was a hurricane, man. Something. <laughs> it was a monsoon. We're gonna put it down. It was a monsoon. It, it rained the whole time. We thinking, man, we ain't gonna play today. But we kept on pushing. We got down there, game canceled. So our coaches, well, I, I didn't say our coaches, but like one coach, yes, be very direct. <laughs> he wasn't going back to Jackson right away. Yeah. So he had a bright idea to say, hey, like we got a bunch of uh uh 20-something-year-old kids, let's take them down to Bourbon Street. So in the uniform. In our uniform. So we drive to the bus driver, following the orders, drives down to Bourbon Street, and the bus stops in front of, let me say this, in a an adult entertainment facility. You could like see the performers like doing that thing outside. And like 
the whole entire bus like tilted over from people from one side of the bus onto the yeah. other side of the bus looking out the window. Yeah. That's how mesmerized we were. Yeah. And so everybody going crazy, like, are we really gonna do this? Are we, are we gonna get out the bus Man, and get explore? off the bus? And then Coach Salt like said, Don't get in any trouble. Let us go. <laughs> oh, you got mind you, he gave he gave us spring break money too. He gave us a spring break money too. Yeah, he gave us money too. <laughs> another bright idea. <laughs> so, like, we got guys going all over the place once again in our uniforms. We are identifiable mm-hmm. in school and our parents and everything. People know who we are. Mm-hmm. And so, let's just say, thank God nobody got arrested. Everybody <laughs> some some guys did some things that weren't supposed to do, too. but you know. <laughs> They get in trouble for it. Yeah, but remember, it was never forget that time those, those hours we spent down on Bourbon Street. Yeah, exploring <laughs> things. And, and remember, it was calmer too because what happened on the way back? The bus broke. Oh down. yeah, the best part of that was <laughs> on the way back. The bus breaks down <laughs> on the bridge. On the bridge. On the water. Mm-hmm. On the water. So we had to call back. To Jackson to have a bus sent from Jackson to us. We didn't get the, we didn't get that bus to about like the wee hours of the morning, mm-hmm. so we had to get on. But on the brand new bus and drive all the way back to Jackson to the campus at about what four in the morning, something like that. Yeah, yeah it, was late. it was late. Man. Long day. Yeah. Had to go back. Had to go to class the next day, which a lot of us did not go to class. On one of them Klein mm-hmm. tour buses. Yep. <laughs> yep. Hey, and what was it, man? Because uh, y- y'all remember, felt was trying to breathe out the sunroof, man. Because that was like the only thing we could open or something like this. <laughs> yeah, the pressure went out, went out, out on the bus, man. Like, they couldn't like, open really, up the door. Open the side windows. They had their resort to like opening the hatch that's mm-hmm. up above the seats to try to get some fresh air. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. bananas in there, man. Yeah, it was, man. Yeah, there's was- nothing but karma, man. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, nobody got arrested, nobody got suspended. Y'all came back safe and sound with memories forever. Memory of HBCU baseball, man. No, that was all fun. That was just that was uh, that was bad judgment. (laughs) That was bad bad judgment. No, man, that was was a bad time. (laughs) We'll never forget that for the rest of our life. That was right. That's time. But as a fan now, that was bad judgment by an adult. Yes. (laughs) Man, we knew before we left Mississippi that we want to go play. It was raining so hard. It was raining the whole time. It was like, what are we going down here? Oh, we're going to play big, man. How, coach? How? (laughs) Oh, we played all right enough, but it wasn't the game we played. Nah, it wasn't no game. Uh, one more game. He he thought he was saving the money on that hotel. That's what that was. He's saving the money for the hotel. You trying to go to the casino? Oh, <laughs> a little bit too much, man. A little bit too much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. But like, yeah, just a taste of like stories and situations that we've been through. We got hundreds. In our college baseball careers at GSU, there are plenty more of those stories. Well, not going to like, you know, New yeah. Orleans, yeah. but like similar stuff. But yeah, man, it was a good show tonight, boys. I think. Yeah, yeah, man, I enjoyed it. Me too. You know, a lot of really important topics. 
we look at explanations about all you guys. A, a job well done. Thank y'all. Yeah. Thank y'all for giving me this opportunity, man. Love y'all for real. Great. Good thing. Thomas, Thomas only cussed once, which is good. Hey, man. I, that That's probably my first one. Mm. You're right. Right. We got to put a count up there. Mm. Nah, I might. Ding. <laughs> hey, mom and pop's watching. I got to be careful. Uh, oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, man. You got to respect yeah. the elders. I got yeah. kids watching, man. Everybody yeah. always watching me. I got nonprofit, man. Uh, anything for the kids. They all watching me. I got to always be on my P's and Q's, man. Yeah, of course. Man, that's what we ran. We'll probably have to talk about uh, some of the pranks we used to pull on each other, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to talk about some of them pranks, man. Oh, man. That was one ritual we used to do that really got on a lot of people's skin. We're going we gonna to say that for later, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we could, yeah. We were telling why the dog pound's called dog pound. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the dog pound. Yeah. <laughs> See y'all next week, man. All right, bro. All right, brothers, take it easy. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Remember, subscribe, Facebook, Twitter, comment, uh, share, all of that. Yeah, on YouTube too. We everywhere, man. Yeah, video drops tomorrow, 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube and Spotify. Check us out. My peace. All right, yo. Pump a figure. <laughs> All right, Black. Yeah.